Welcome again. Welcome again. Come in and find a seat. We are ready to get started. In case you didn't get sermon notes this morning, we have sermon notes for you. Uh, there are some in the back of the auditorium on the table if you want to go now and get some in case you missed getting uh, our sermon notes. Also, I do want to make a quick announcement and remind everyone in worship ministry, we're having a worship ministry meeting directly after the service here this morning upstairs in the youth room. So everyone in, in worship ministry, be sure, don't forget that uh, right after the service upstairs in the youth room. All right, we're going to continue this morning our sermon theme that we began some time ago called Home Improvement. And, and we're going to finish this theme next Sunday. Next Sunday, Pastor Merle is going to be uh, preaching and focusing on crucial conversations, the, the things that, that uh, we, we need to talk about sometimes which are difficult. And you don't want to miss next Sunday, so be sure to, to come for that. Our last, last study on this, uh, in this theme was on the, the Jesus way of treating other people. And we talked, uh, it was like three, three weeks ago, we talked about forgiving people. We talked about treating people the way Jesus did, uh, just like Jesus forgave people when they were crucifying him. He was there uh, being, being uh, you know, having nails driven into his body, and he was forgiving them as they were doing that. Um, the Jesus way of treating people is all about the golden rule, treating others the way we want to be treated. The Jesus way of treating people is about not retaliating, but turning the other cheek. If you were here, you remember my demonstration. I had a test subject up here about uh, retaliating and turning the other cheek. And, and it's about love and respect, whether it's in, in your house, in your marriage, in your workplace, at school. It's about treating people in, in the way of love and respect. Now, I have a trick question for you this morning. Was Jesus always nice to people? Huh. Was Jesus always nice to people? So we're going to talk this morning about one more aspect of the Jesus way of treating people. And I'm going to talk this morning about what I call tender love versus tough love. And, and already some of you who are tough love people are saying, yeah, preach it. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. And, and some of you who are uh, young people here are saying, oh, no, this is not going to be good. I can, I can see it now. You know, my parents are hearing this, and this is not going to be good. So we're talking about tender love versus, versus tough love. The, the story of the gospel, the story of, of God, the story of the Bible is all a story of love. And in fact, people have called the Bible the love book. It's a love letter from God to his people. And, and the, the most important story or the most important message in all the Bible is that, that God loves his people and that God loves all people. God loves each, each one of us. And, and he wants to uh, come into relationship with, with each one of us. We'll save that for later. <laughs> Glad you were watching. 
The story of the gospel is a story of love. The Bible is a love letter from God to his people. And this applies to you at work, you know, tender love versus tough love. It applies to you at work. It applies to you in your family. It applies to you in your marriage and your relationships. It applies to you at school with your friendships. It applies to you all the way across from, from love, uh, from one end of life to another, tender love and, and tough love. Now, all of us can picture what tender love looks like, right? Uh, tender love. Does someone need a hug? You know, that's what tender love looks like. Some of you have seen the movie uh, uh, Elf, and, and he wanted to hug people. He just wanted to, you know, he, he tried to, to hug. You know, he, he, was, he was one who, who was all about tender love. You know, several years ago, we had... We had uh, t- we experienced terrorist attacks in the in the city of Paris, and and as, as crowds were just gathering in downtown Paris, and they were they were trying to figure out and grieve together, and trying to figure out what on earth was happening in the world. A few people uh, sensed what people needed in the crowd, and they made signs like this: free hugs. And, and they realized that people were grieving, they were distraught, they were, they were at the end of their rope, and, and, and so a few people went around through the crowds in right downtown Paris and offered free hugs to people, tender love. They offered tender, tender love. Tender love is like your mom giving you chicken soup when you're sick in bed. You know, that, that's tender love. That's what it's all about. Uh, you know, and some of you can, can relate to that or, re, or, or uh, remember when you gave that or remember when you received it. On the other hand, tough love is like the drill sergeant, you know, who's, who's just speaking it straight and plain to your face. You know, it reminds me of the, the young guy I heard of who, who was uh, growing up in a family and he was just so sick and tired of his parents telling him what to do, so he went and joined the army. And it's like, how did that work out? You know, I'm tired of people telling me what to do. I'm going to join the army. Uh, tough love sometimes means learning from your mistakes. You know, it's, uh, you know, obviously that bridge was not high enough for the truck to fit under. And, and hopefully somebody learned from their mistake in that situation. But, but what I want to tell you this morning is there are times we all need to receive tender love and there are times we need to receive tough love. There are times we need to give tender love. And there are times we need to give tough love. And one part of this morning is that each of us tends more toward one side or the other. Some of us really tend toward the tender side. You know, you, you want a hug from someone. There, there are certain people in this church... You, you know, you can just go to them, and they're just going to hug you, and they're going to listen to you. They're going to encourage you. They're just going to pour tender love on you. And sometimes you, you need to be challenged. You need to be, uh, you know, uh, help, helped uh, just in a strong way. Then there are certain people in this church, you go to them, and they're just going to tell you the way it is. You know, they're just going to give you the truth of the matter. And, and nothing, neither of it's wrong. Because there's tender love and, and there's tough love. We, tend, we all tend to give more of one than the other. And, and maybe it's how you're wired. Maybe it's how God made you. It's your gifting. It's your personality. But by default, each one of us tends toward, toward one side or the other. And some people really, you know, only give 
tender love, and, and some people only give tough love. Now, I want to suggest to you this morning that Jesus was the most loving person, the most loving human that ever walked this earth. He was the most loving human. And, and number one, I have a number of points here this morning. Number one, Jesus gives tender love in some situations. So picture these situations in the Bible and the life of Jesus. Matthew 23, where Jesus is, I could picture him on a hill looking down over the city of Jerusalem and he's like literally crying over the city and, and over the condition of the people in the city. And Matthew 23, Jesus says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hand gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. You know, Jesus is saying, I just love to wrap my arms around you and and help you and and nurse you along and and lead you. I could picture Jesus, you know, literally crying, tears running down his his cheeks, shedding tears over the stubbornness of the people of Jerusalem. Mark chapter 10 says they the disciples were bringing children to him that he might touch them. I'm sorry, the uh, other people were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them and, and tried to send them away. And Jesus saw it. He was indignant. He got upset. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them laying his hands on them. The Bible says that Jesus literally sat down or stooped down and took children in his arms and blessed them. Wouldn't you, wanna, wouldn't you uh, like to have been one of those kids? Uh, I wonder what blessings that Jesus spoke over them. And I wonder what, what, he, what he said over them. So we see that Jesus gave tender love in, in some situations. But also, we see that, number two, Jesus gives tough love in some situations. And Mark chapter 11 says, they came to Jerusalem, he entered the temple, and he began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple, and he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house should be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers? The Gospel of John says, Making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. You know, we don't often focus on this aspect of Jesus, that he showed tough love to people. Someone, uh, an artist, drew it, drew it this way. You know, if someone asks, what would Jesus do? Remind them that turning over tables and breaking out whips is a possibility. Because that's something that Jesus did. You know, we don't often focus on this aspect. He loudly and actively rebuked people. What was he trying to do? Why would Jesus act this way? Well, he was trying to help them see that they were wrong. He was trying to shock them off their wrong pathways of life. 
I bet if you were at the temple that day, you'd never have forgotten it. You know, some people in our lives are really, really easy to love. Some people are hard to love. Got anyone in your life who's hard to love? But the most important thing is that Christians are called to love everyone. Easy to love, hard to love. We're called to love everyone. And even if love is tender or tough, it's still love. And it still has someone's best interest at heart. It still has the other person's welfare at heart. It still has that person's best interest at heart. Because every relationship is different. Every child is different. Every employer and employee is different. Every marriage, every spouse is different. Every personality is different. And, you know, we talk about, okay, in this situation, should I give tender love or tough love? Well, that takes a huge amount of prayer and wisdom and discernment to know which style of love to give and on which day and in which situation. And I don't know about you, but I find that, that uh, being a parent is one of the most difficult and joyous and amazing and challenging things to do in the whole world because God just, God just uh, gives you uh, children to raise without an owner's manual and without a, a, uh, a how-to guide. And, and he says, you know, and, and then there, you, know, you get one and, and you've got the oldest one and you think, wow. You know, shoo, we, we survived this, and, and we know how to do it now. And then number two comes along, and, and they're completely different. You know, it's like the owner's manual is totally thrown away, and we have to figure it all out again with, with number two. And, and parenting can be one of the most challenging, rewarding, happy, joyous, hard things that you ever do in life. It takes great wisdom and discernment to know from situation to situation, person to person, is this tender love, is this tough love? Number three, love means setting boundaries. Boundaries. Maybe showing tender love is enabling this person in his or her wrong thinking, his or her addiction. And maybe you just need to set a boundary and say, I won't continue to enable your wrong thinking or wrong actions. Perhaps showing tender love lets this person abuse you in a relationship where it becomes unhealthy, either physically or emotionally. And you have to set a boundary and say, I have to pull back from relating to this friend of mine because, because they're starting to, to abuse me in some way. And Jesus clearly set boundaries in his life. Some of the, some of the boundaries he set were, first, that he had to get rest because Jesus was an incredibly busy guy. And we see through the, the challenges and through the, the practice of Jesus' life that he took deliberate rest to get away from all the crowds, to get away from all the demands, to get away and, and spend time in rest and solitude, and, and also time to get away to spend time with his father. He set boundaries in his life so he could get rest, so he could spend time with his father. The Bible says he left the crowds, he, he went to lonely places to pray. And, you know, in our culture, it's, it's so easy to get sucked into the busy, busy work lifestyle that we have, where we never have time to rest, where we never have time with the Father. And love means we have setting boundaries, 
Love means we have rules in this house. And if you live here, you need to follow our house rules. These are the boundaries that every house needs to have, every parent needs to have, every young person needs to have. Setting boundaries. Number four, love means facing consequences and allowing others around you to face the consequences of their actions. Galatians 6 and verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. What's the Bible say? You harvest what you plant. What are you planning? Well, it's, it's what I'm doing. It's what I'm saying. It's, it's the actions and attitudes that I, that I carry through life. Those are the seeds I'm planting, and those seeds are going to sprout, and they're going to they're grow up to uh, become uh, mature someday. So you reap, you reap what you sow. And so uh, it, you could say it this way, that if you do this, then that's going to happen. If you try to drive a, a tall truck under that bridge, it's not going to make it, and you're going you're gonna to crash. Uh, you know, we, we see parents today uh, who are sort of defying this, this consequence uh, point by, by uh, moving from becoming helicopter parents. Do you ever hear that term, helicopter parents? You know, they're, they're like the, the modern-day parents who are just sort of hovering over their children all the time and, and just, just uh, you know, trying to protect them and, and making sure that nothing goes wrong in their lives, watching, listening, managing every detail and every aspect of their, of their kids' lives. You know, helicopter, helicopter parents just uh, hovering over them. Uh, but the new term, uh, you know, that, that's sort of passed, passed away now, and the new, cur- new term is called snowplow parents. Anyone, anyone hear, hear that term here lately? Snowplow parents. So, so the, the point or the, uh, the, what snowplow parents uh, do, is they refuse to allow any hardship or challenge in their children's lives, but they, they just want to get out in front of their kids, and they just want to plow it all out of the way so, so their kids can come along, and it's just a smooth, easy uh, road, road in life. Uh, so the kids can live lives that are free from problems. And, and if you've been watching the news in the last few weeks, snowplow parents uh, perhaps pay extreme amounts of money to uh, see that their kids get into colleges without uh, a- actually having taken the test themselves or, or they're getting into colleges on sports scholarships when they've never played in that sports team before. So uh, snowplow parents sort of defy this, this uh, point that love means that you have to face consequences and, and uh, learning to live a healthy life in that if you do this, then that's going to happen. If you don't study for that test next morning, then you're probably going to fail. And there's nothing, I'm not going to call the principal, I'm not going to call the teacher because you didn't study for that test and you're, you know, you're likely not going not to do well. Your actions have consequences. So there's the story in the Old Testament that we're going to turn to. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 2, and it's the story of Eli. It's the first guy in the Old Testament that I know of who was named Eli, and he had two sons. His sons were Hophni and Phinehas, and uh, Eli was the Israelite high priest at the time, which was a really, really important job. He was at the, at the tabernacle of God serving before God at the tabernacle, and people would bring their 
offerings and, and that people would come to worship at the tabernacle. So, so Eli was in a really important position. And, and he also had his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, working there in the tabernacle with him. And it was the same tabernacle that, that the little boy, Day, uh, little boy Samuel came to, came to serve in as, as a child. And he grew up to be, to be a great prophet of, of Israel. So this is the guy called Eli, 1 Samuel chapter 2. And let me just get the scripture here. The Bible starts out, 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 12, Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. So, you know, if the Bible starts out that way about you, it's probably not a good thing, all right? The sons of Eli were worthless men. They did not know the Lord. And the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. Now, Eli was very old, and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel. And, and Eli said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil doings from all these people, but they would not listen to the voice of their father. So, so here's Eli. He's the high priest. His sons are working with him in the tabernacle. His sons were in the ministry. But the Bible says they're, you know, they're worthless, they're wicked, they wouldn't listen. And we sort of get the picture that, that Eli is rebuking his sons, but uh, it's, it seems clear that his heart really isn't in it, and they're not listening. And, and his sons continued in their wicked ways, and it was, it was sort of like maybe uh, Eli trying to show tough love, but, but he's uh, sort of doing it this way, like, you know, Hophni and Phinehas... What you're doing is wrong, and you really should stop. And, and uh, you know, when, when you show tough love that way, it's probably not going to make much of a difference. I think Hophni and Phineas really needed someone to get up in their face like that drill sergeant and tell them what was what. And, and there was no one, no one there to do that, and apparently Eli wasn't willing to get up and show strong, tough love to his, to his sons. And so now we see the consequences and results of, of what happened. 1 Samuel chapter 4, the, Isra the Philistines, who were Israel's neighboring enemy, and they often fought wars against each other. The Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated. They fled every man to his home. There was a great slaughter. 30,000 foot soldiers of Israel fell. That was a tremendous defeat. The ark of God was captured. The two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. Eli was 98 years old, and his eyes were so set he could not see. And the man said to Eli... I am he who has come from the battle. I fled from the battle today. And Eli said, how did it go, my son? And he brought the news answering, Israel has fled before the Philistines. There was a great defeat. Your two sons are dead. The ark of God has been captured. When he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell backward from his seat. His neck was broken and he died. Wow. So what was going on here? Eli loved his sons as any parent, but he foolishly only showed them tender love, when really they needed someone to get up in their face and tell them that what they were doing was wrong. A huge mistake. Ultimately, it resulted in God's judgment. It, it brought God's judgment in the, the premature death of both the sons, as well as the capture of the Ark of the Covenant. It brought on Eli's own death and, and the departure of God's anointing from all of Eli's bloodline, because there were no more priests from the, from the line of, of Eli after that. Tough love would have literally saved their lives, not to mention Eli's 
ministry. It goes without saying that, you know, that tough love is necessary sometimes. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's still love, but it's, it's tough. Number five, love means discipline. Oh, we love that word. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but whoever loves him is diligent to discipline him. So, parents, you're not doing your kids any good by not disciplining them. Our children need to be disciplined. That's, that's a, you know, a, a principle of God's word. Love means discipline. Number six, love means facing hard truths. Sometimes we just need to tell someone, you're going the wrong way. You're heading down the wrong path. And if you continue down that path, something really bad's going to happen. Jesus called the religious leaders of his day all sorts of shocking names. You know, he, he, called, them, he called them whitewashed tombs. He said they're, they're full of, uh, of dirt and crud on the inside, while on the outside they're trying to look really nice. He called them snakes and, and a brood of vipers. He called them all kinds of names, the religious leaders of his day. Was he trying to be hurtful? Was he trying to be mean? No. He was trying to shock them off the wrong road they were on and onto the right road. Jesus was showing tough love. He was trying to shock them into going in the right direction. Matthew 7, verse 13, Jesus said, Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads down to destruction. It's easy to go down the devil's road. And many are on that road. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few people find it. A strong dose of tough love may the most, be the most appropriate thing you can do to help someone get off the road to hell and on the road to, to heaven. Number seven, some situations call for tough love, some call for tender love. Notice how Jesus treats Peter in Matthew chapter 16. I'm not going to read read all of this uh, scripture, but uh, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And I think it would have been easy because they, they'd all heard what the crowds were saying about Jesus, and, and they probably all chimed in. Some say that you're John the Baptist, some say that you're Elijah, some say that you're Jeremiah. They, they all chimed in. And then he asked a second question. Jesus said, who do you say that I am. And I think the place got deathly quiet. And only one person, Peter, Simon Peter, said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon, Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Jesus said, you're exactly right, Peter, and, and you are blessed because you've given the right answer. It, it's dawned in you and in, in your head and your, your soul and your spirit who, who I am. Just a few verses later, I don't know if it's the same day or the same week, but the Bible says, same chapter, the Bible says from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem, he had to suffer and die. Many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and, and he was going to be killed. 
and on the third day he was going to be raised. Jesus started to actually tell them, I'm going to die. It's not going to be a surprise to you. I'm going to be crucified. And the Bible says Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, No, far be it from, us, from you, Lord. This will never happen to you. But Jesus turned on and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. So do you see in the same chapter, Jesus talks to Peter one way and says, You know, blessed are you, Simon. On the other hand, a few verses later, he's saying to Peter, you know, get behind me, Satan, you're a hindrance to me. Jesus used tender love in one situation, tough love in another situation. Simon Peter needed to be shocked out of his, uh, his way of thinking, and Jesus called him, you know, Satan, you know, you're a hindrance to me. He was, uh, you know, almost being like a mouthpiece of the, of the devil. So, you know, in one side, Jesus commends Peter. On the other side, he, he rebukes him. And, and we have to have just the, you know, the godly wisdom to know what God's calling us to do in, in every situation. You know, another good example of tough love in the Bible is uh, Galatians chapter 2, where, where the Apostle Paul just publicly rebukes uh, Peter again, poor old Peter, uh, in, in uh, his uh, hypocrisy in, in uh, choosing to to eat uh, food offered to idols with some people and pulling back and, and uh, not eating with people in, in other situations. And, and he, was, he was trying to, to do it two different ways. And, and Paul just rebukes him and saying, what you're doing is wrong. So was Jesus always nice? No, <laughs> he wasn't always nice. I believe the Bible shows us that Jesus was the most, most loving human that ever lived. And, and he is always loving, and he is always kind, but he wasn't always nice. He tried to sometimes, in his tough love, shock people off their, off their wrong road and get them back on the right road. He did only what he saw his father doing in every step of life, in every, every situation of life. You know, and we are also called to, to that. We are called to do what Jesus did. We are called to Christ likeness. We are called to be imitators of him. Imitating, living, loving with both tender love and tough love, just like Jesus did. And, and so those of us who, who tend to, to tender love and, and uh, we uh, just always, you know, default to, uh, you know, tender love, you know, give, oh, give him a hug. This, this will work out, you know. And, and then some of us just tend to, to tough love. We're, you know, we're the drill sergeant. We're up in someone's face all the time, and that's our default. Well, th there are times when, when all of us need to go to the other side, and we need to show tough love in some situations, tender love in other situations. Jesus did it in, in the span of several verses with, with Peter. And there are times when each of us need to show love in a way that is not our default way of showing we are called to Christ's likeness. And so we pray. We, we stay humble. We, we ask for God's wisdom. We ask for Holy Spirit direction. If we try to correct others without love, we're being simply judgmental. And, and people will know pretty quickly if you're speaking the truth, hard truth, 
if you're doing it in love or not. People will know pretty quickly if you have their best interests at heart. So if you're going to show tough love today, this week, this month, this year, it's got to be out of a foundation of caring for them, loving them, and wanting their best interest at heart. So next steps for you this week. The most important thing any of us can do is making that, that choice, that decision, asking Jesus into our hearts, believing in Jesus, choosing to follow him each step of our lives. Because otherwise, none of this means anything at all. The most important thing we can all do is to, to believe in Jesus, ask him into our lives. Number two is recognizing what your natural tendency is. Is it always going toward tender love? Is it always going toward tough love? And where in situations of life right now, where do you need to be more tender? Where do you need to be more tough? I can tell you right now, my family knows, I'm, I'm the tender one, you know. I'm, I'm the one who will, you know, come and hug them. And I, I'm challenged sometimes to, to be the drill sergeant, to get up in someone's face. But, you know, as we, as we learn, as we grow, as, as God teaches us, as God trains us, we have to be able to, to do both, tender love and tough love. Number three, we ask for Holy Spirit power and guidance this week to show love both ways as God, as God leads us. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? We'd like to be here to pray with you. Uh, we'd like to have our prayer ministers come. We're here to to pray and minister with you. If you'd like to receive prayer for healing this morning, if you uh, are walking through uh, just a valley in your life and you'd like someone to agree with you this morning, we're here to pray with you, to bless you. Uh, perhaps you're uh, just dealing with uh, challenges in relationships. Uh, perhaps it's a friend, it's a, it's a, a challenge in your, in your marriage or with a child or, or just uh, whatever happen, is happening in life right now. We'd love to to pray with you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you, Lord, for the example of Jesus, that we can be imitators of him. Thank you, Lord, that, that you love us and, and that sometimes you, you, uh, you show us tender love. Sometimes you show us tough love and you challenge us and, and you lead us and guide us. And, and you're our shepherd, but uh, Lord, you're also the great warrior, the great king. So Lord, thank you for this uh, challenge to, to love this morning. Lord, help us. Uh, would you open our eyes to see where we default, if it's tender side or tough side. And Lord, in the situations we're facing right now, in work, in school, in church, in small group, in uh, neighbor, neighborhood, uh, Lord, in all the, all the places where we're being challenged in relationships, Lord, would you give us the wisdom of God to know, is it, is it tender love that I need to show? Is it tough love? that I need to show. Lord, help us to, to learn and to grow and to step up into the, the next level that, that you have for each one of us, whether we're just beginning in our Christian lives or, or we've been serving you for years. Lord, I, I thank you that you invite us to come to yourself. Lord, that you invite us to, to come in and have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus. And Lord, that, that you invite us to, to believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for the free gift of salvation that you give us. And Lord, along with that comes peace and, and joy and assurance of our salvation. Thank you, Lord, 
We honor you. We love you. We praise you this morning. Lord, as we go, let us be the ones who, who serve you each day this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Come forward for prayer. We'd love to, to uh, pray with you here this morning.